Good morning, everyone. We're still thinking about Psalm 1, and this is the final uh, consideration of that particular psalm. The latter part of the psalm says this, The ungodly are not so. That's in comparison, of course, or contrast uh, to what we've been reading previously. But they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We've been thinking about the immense happinesses and blessings of the man who's living in close fellowship with God. A person recorded regarding whom Psalm 4 says, uh, the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. There's a man in the Old Testament called Enoch and scripture says of him that he walked with God, that he pleased God and that he spoke for God in his prophetic testimony and ministry. We read about Enoch as he prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict, to convict all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against himself. What a list. So in our psalm there is a massive change. The ungodly are not so. There are those who are godly, that is, those who spend their lives walking close to the Lord, living a life that pleases God and being a testimony to all around them. But what of those who our psalm calls the ungodly? These people are those who find their counsel for life from philosophy, humanism and the wisdom of this world, whose way of life is that of missing the mark, so far as God and what he requires is concerned. You see, the word sinner is, actually means exactly that, to miss the mark, to fall short of the standard that God has set, which is true of all of us until we come to Christ. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short, fall short of the glory of God. And the scorners, mockers of God and of his holy word, the Bible, the godly person is planted in a place of fruitfulness and soul prosperity, as we have seen. But these ungodly people are described as being like chaff. And you know what chaff is. It is the outer husk of the wheat that is blown away when the winnowing process takes place. In other words, it's not fit for anything but to be separated from the harvested crop and removed from that which becomes seed for the sower and bread for the eater. The second thing said of these people is that they will not stand in the judgment. So in other words, in the day of judgment, they will have no place of standing before the judge of all the earth. Their mouths will be stopped, and their heads will be bowed in guilt before the one who will pronounce righteous judgment upon them. How dreadful. The third thing said about them is that they will not be in the congregation of the righteous. I can't even begin to think of what that will mean to someone who has been exposed to the wonderful words of salvation. 
to be excluded from that great company of the redeemed, to be amongst those whose opportunities have gone forever to get right with God. It, it's, it breaks my heart. And then the fourth, final and most terrifying thing is that the way of the ungodly shall perish. Just think of it, dear, precious, unbelieving soul this morning. Your pathway of unbelief, your resistance against what you know is the truth of the gospel of God's grace will ultimately take you to a place of perishing. It's dreadful. It's beyond thinking. I've said it before, but I want to remind my unsaved friend today, to perish is not the cessation, not the end of being. Far be the thought that when you're dead, you're done for. No. To perish is the cessation, the end of well-being. To be separated forever from the God who loves you, from the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for you, and from the glorious heaven that God is offering you. This psalm has presented us then with two ways. Which will you choose? I have to say, this is possibly the saddest message I've ever given. Please don't think I find it easy to say these things. But the truth is the truth. And I would be failing my God and failing you if I didn't warn you. So I just want to conclude with what Scripture says. In the Old Testament, this man of God said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that you and your descendants may live. I hope you'll take that from a loving heart that longs more than anything else to be an instrument in God's purposes of bringing other people to love my Saviour and to put their trust in him and know what it is to possess eternal life and to live in the good of those things, both now and forever. God bless you.